Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you to this episode of the show where it's Mad Monkey's turn to present his film pick of the week, and we are going to be covering 1980s Eaten Alive, directed by... Exclamation point. (laughs) Yes, exclamation point to that. Because it's not the Eaten Alive with the gator, uh, although I did see where the monkey made his mistake, as he told me last week, but there was an alligator on the cover. I was like, yeah, that's that's yeah, that's the right movie. Just the wrong one that you downloaded. Either way, well, we're fine. We're going to be covering the right. Uh, you know why that he watched last week, so we're going to talk some sleazy Italian cannibals uh, later on in the show. But of course, I'm joined by the bold, the beautiful, the Googie Keith. Oh, hold on, hold on. I have to put my top on so that my titties aren't hanging out. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to Talking Terror. Welcome, welcome. Yeah, titties, I, titties everywhere. I, you know, I, I should have just named that this episode stands for B is for boobies. There is plenty, plenty. You will get some boobies. <laughs> no, I know, I did too. B is for boobies, and boobies are for me. Boobies or boobies? How about you? Boobies. Thank you, Booby Monster. Mm-hmm. Boobies. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> well, that's the wrong Sesame Street. Oh, watching the After Dark the Sesame Street. That's, that's the right <laughs> Sesame Street. <laughs> oh yeah. No, we got the dog. Booby wants the monster. Boobies. Elmo's going to teach you how to freebase some heroin later. It's going to be a wild episode. <laughs> That's what Oscar does. Stuff well because he's prostituting himself. <laughs> <laughs> they they got to make it somehow. That's after dark session. Give him hand jobs. Something yeah, to see. Yeah. Oh, nobody's bitch. Elmo's going to sit there and he's going to suck dick on the corner. No way. <laughs> you know that Elmo probably gives like Elmo, amazing fucking yeah. hand jobs too. Because he's always energetic and he always wants to please everybody. So you know he's giving you a good one. You're going to get a good job from that puppet. Like, you're not going to get a half about that. He might be... He, Nah, he might be over-eager, man. It's probably a fucking dry hand. Doesn't do it right, you know? It's too quick. I don't know. I mean, it's a furry it's a hand. It's a hyperactive hand. It's going to feel kind of nice. <laughs> it's like a velvety kind of uh, smooth, you know, puppet hand. Though. Might be nice. I mean, well, what, you know, put, I feel like Jake would be the one that socks on inside out when you jack off or something, man? Like, that's fucking weird, Sometimes. <laughs> if I want to play the stranger, I'll do that. I mean, I'll flip it inside out no, and see how it feels. Then you just have to sit on your hand, dude, make it go numb. No, I do that, but then after a while, it's just like, you know, you lose that feeling, so you want to change the sock inside out. Just to feel like the other side of the sock. Don't tell me the kink off that loving feeling. Well, sometimes, you know, it's a Tuesday, and you're kind of just not feeling it, but you want to crank one out, so you're just like, I'll turn my sock inside out, and that'll get me home. And then you finish, and you're still kind of disappointed, but you know what? At least you tried something different, you know, hashtag different. You know, I mean, it's just it's fun. 
to try different masturbation techniques. Try it at home, kids. You know, try what works for you. Flip it inside out. Keep it regular. Sit on your hand. You know, look at yourself in the mirror when you do it. I've done that, too, when I cry. It's pretty amazing how far tears will get you with lube. Good trick. <laughs> Not many people know that. That's a pro tip. That's a pro tip from the King of Heart right there. Use the tears of lube. You'll never forget it. I am going to go. And then, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, the ghoul's flexing in the mirror, just like American Psycho. <laughs> That's fine. And it yeah, works right. for him. And it works. For me, I just like looking at myself and going, you suck. Your stupid fucking beard and your dumb hair. Then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, I'm coming. Oh, that's great. What am I going to have to do? I just kind of continue with my day. <laughs> you know, that's how we do it in this household. You know, if there's a crooked, you know, stiff sock on the door, don't come in. Not that I get visitors anyway. Just saying. I put one out there just in case. You never know. Like Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah, always got to be prepared. Always got to be prepared. You just never know. Now, you know, for Santa Claus, I leave out, you know, condoms and liquor. It's fine. Just Still like you. I don't know who's using Lion it. King. Be, be prepared. <laughs> is that Lion King or is that another movie? I don't, I don't know. I forget that movie. We watched it. Yeah, it's, 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 it's the Lion King. Yeah, that's, it. that's your favorite fucking Lion King song, dude. Be prepared. I thought that was Toy Story. The one about the toys that you guys could tell me to watch? Sounds like that's a Toy Story song. But, I mean, I'll take your word for it. I don't know many of the songs. All I know is that the, the fucking kid's father dies, and immediately these fucking two animals are like, don't worry about it, fuck it. Hakuna Matata. Like, hey, give him a fucking minute. Like, he just witnessed his dad get trampled to death by a bunch of fucking animals. Like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. But anyway, we have a great song about how to get over things called Hakuna Matata. Yeah. Oh. Poor fucking kid, the trauma. It's a wonderful thing. You phrase. know he's just killing small animals. <laughs> you just it's know that he's killing small animals. <laughs> yeah. It's their motto, yeah, because they, they are in an intergender relationship with each other. They're both male. They're both hanging out. They're both, you know, really comfortable in the skin that they're in, living together, you know, having a place, you know, hukunimatating all over each other. That's fine for them, but not Simba, who just witnessed his father get viciously murdered. Uh, by a bunch of uh, horses or whatever the fuck they were. But still, it was hard. Wildebeest. Wildebeest. Okay. There you go. Wildebeest. So, you know, anyway, this kid should be singing, like, sad songs. He should be putting on black eyeliner and listening to, you know, Joy Division for a little while. Not happily singing along about a song about not caring about anything. While this fat pig and, and uh, the, the meerkat he bugs. This isn't well, the like, never-ending story cut. where he just lost his horse. <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's like, yeah, well, yeah, never-ending story. The, the fucking horse uh, drowns in the I water thing. It. And it's like, yeah, he's like really super upset, but like we just met them five minutes ago. It's like, all right, well, yeah, dude, sorry about your, your horse. It's fine. You know, our, but our time, anyway, man. we're also... Well, I gotta, I, fuck, I've got I've to gotta do these intros. Uh, we're joined by the psychotic Simeon. The Mad Monkey, the Prince of Memorial Day. Yes, can't fuck it with a monkey. <laughs> oh, yes, boys and girls. It is your favorite time of the week as we, the Tongue Care crew, do what you love us to do to you. So slip into something sexy, then slide on those headphones as we come in your ears for the next two hours with horror news, nerdgasms, and a horror movie review just, just the way you like it. The Talking Tale way, baby. Just remember that you can also catch all of our past presentations on Blog Talk, Spotify, and motherfucking iTunes. Also be sure to like and subscribe to your favorite demonic DJs on Instagram and Facebook, baby. That's it. 
<laughs> Very glad to have you back and talk about your movie later on the show. And we're also joined by Mr. Mono. He is Daddy, everybody. Welcome back to the show, Dean. Uh, thank you so much for the warm welcome back to the show. Uh, Akuna Matata, to you. Thank you, thank you. And um, belly kisses, you know. We have a, 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 a full agenda, as always, to get to uh, on this edition of, of Talking Terror. So uh, strap in, and uh, I'm sure... Strap on. Strap on. Strap on. Well, yeah. maybe maybe for some of you people, but... Um, strap anyway. on. Strap on. Here we are for Talking Terror. The strapper. <laughs> Ooh, daddy. Why does the daddy. strapper <laughs> win? <laughs> belly kisses. Mm-hmm. It's always belly. <laughs> Rub my beard all over it. <laughs> but anyway, yes, so I'm glad to have you here, Dean, as we talk about eating alive later on. Oh, my pleasure, my uh, pleasure. So, of course, you know, I know you said you were going to be a little bit late, so I wanted to give the earlier part of the show to the ghoul and to the monkey so that they could talk about uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, which uh, finished up. Uh, I'm guessing, I'm guessing, boys, that Obi-Wan and Darth Vader are now dead. Uh, order is restored in the universe, and we can all move on with our lives. No more Star Wars stuff. Am I correct? Totally. Uh, uh, unfortunately, that is not the case, because this is oh. a fucking prequel. <laughs> just like, and, yeah, it just like all prequels, it's like no matter how they build it up, no matter what they do, it's like, you know, everyone's going to fucking survive. Everyone's going to get through this, and that was <laughs> my major problem with this, is they were too fixed on characters that were going to play major roles later on in the universe. Um, they should have introduced a lot more characters where you didn't need to be so dependent on the future franchise to sit there and get it going. And then, again, Christian Haydenson, <laughs> or Hayden or whatever, go fuck yourself. Stay, Christian Haydenson? Stay out of Star Wars. Hayden Christensen. Yeah, that's it. Thank Christian you. Christian Haydenson, son. Yeah, um, yeah. I just wasn't happy with the series, dude. It's the diva; she fucking loved it. But me, I was just like, I just wanted something different, and this seemed like it was just falling down along the path of the traditional Star Wars films, which is great for the traditional Star Wars fans. But it's just like you and I have talked, school, you know, with. Mandalorian and Boba Fett, you know, we, uh, you know, we were getting excited about seeing these new parts of the Star Wars universe, and I felt like we were going back into stale old territory. You saw. Oh, interesting. See, <laughs> you know what? I, I found Obi-Wan to be exactly what I expected it to be. Um, you know, it was supposed to just simply be a six-episode miniseries that's going to fill in a small gap. Um, yeah, every prequel. It's always my complaint about prequels. When, when you have characters that you know what their future destiny is and there's absolutely no risk, it does take away from, from some density. of the things that, that, you know, at least some of the fun of, of any series or movie. But all things considered, I think, you know, we got some interesting battles that we had never, you know, never knew about in any way with him and Vader. Uh, I thought that was all a lot of fun. I think that the uh, the Inquisitors were very interesting characters to bring in and something that I can see them doing future things with. Um, you know, with Mandalorian, you have a much bigger 
span of time to play with. You know, unfortunately, when yeah. you go from episode three to episode four, you only have a 19-year period. Um, yep. I, thought, I thought the action sequences throughout the series, this, this go-around, were good. Uh, I really enjoyed the finale's fight sequence um, between the two of them. That was, and, that was you know, cool. I, I, thought it, I thought they did a lot of cool things. There were, there were cool throwbacks to some of the episode three stuff. There were some cool things in there that are, you know, yet to pass for episode four. Uh, my biggest complaint, and it is just, you know, the only thing I will say that, that I did not fully enjoy was the actress that they used to play a certain child, you know, and it's just because she looks like she's yeah. six. And I think, you know, when she's supposed to be 10, she should not look like a toddler. Um, yeah. You know, it's a, Aside from that, though, yeah, I, I would give that series easily like a B plus. I, I, I enjoyed it. I like seeing you and McGregor, um, you know. So, so he's rode off to to go be in a new hope, and uh, you know. But but I still think there are little future things that they can work with with what they established in this series. And on to Andor. <laughs> Next series. <laughs> uh, and just Don't also, worry. I don't know if you've been watching it at all. You know, I know there's been a lot of like negative talk amongst like the Marvel universe as far as like Miss Marvel goes. You know, I don't know, man. I'm really enjoying that series. Now, I know I'm not a teenage girl. It's not necessarily the quote-unquote demographic they're going for. But I'm really enjoying the cultural differences that they're showing, you know, having a Muslim superhero and all of the, the things they're keeping true to that within the series and the writing and, and the character portrayals. I think it's been a phenomenal ride. You know, it's three episodes in and... I, I have enjoyed every single episode so far. Cool, man. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to check it out yet. You know, I've got them downloaded for the Diva for her to check them out as well. But then also then Umbrella Academy dropped as well. So now she, mm-hmm. she's still got to catch up on Stranger Things. Now she's got Umbrella Academy. And then, yeah, we were going to hit up Miss Marvel to check that shit out too. It's funny, they have a little six degrees of separation thing going on that I never knew with The Walking Dead. Um so, so in Miss Marvel, the uh, the one actor is Matt Lintz, who played Henry, uh, Carol's adoptive son. You know, in, in that mm. series. Well, what, what's yeah. funny is, is, and something I never, you know, never put two and two together for. Well, obviously, I never looked up the actor before. His sister is Madison Lintz, who actually played Sophia. Carol's biological daughter in the series hmm. in your first two seasons of the series. So in both cases, you know, she, she was parent to, to actual siblings. So I thought that was kind of like a fun little, hmm. uh, <laughs> little thing to find. That is. Yeah. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Right. yeah. A lot of stuff out there for people to watch. I, I don't know what the umbrella Academy is. Uh, I'm sure it's a documentary series about how they make umbrellas and the importance they have in our society, which is probably really fascinating. I just I don't know what it is, so I'm guessing. It, it's a, it's a yeah. it's a science fiction kind of show based on a graphic novel. Oh, so no thank you. Yeah. Think think X Men meets Boys meets Light. You know what I mean? It's not as uh, heady or sarcastic as the Boys. But it's a little bit more mm. mature than anything that you're getting within like the Marvel and DC universes. 
Yeah, oh, there okay. you go, man. Like, hmm, okay. Yeah, I was looking it up while you guys were talking. Uh, just looks like a bunch of kids that went uh, a lot of My Chemical Romance. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely emo. That that is. It's got the emo. <laughs> see why monkey likes it. Yeah. It's got that. It, it's also got almost like a very <laughs> Japanese vibe to it as well. So well, that makes sense. Yeah, no. I was looking at some pictures and I'm like, wow, there's a lot of My Chemical Romance fans in here with those haircuts and the eyeliner. I just don't care about anything. <laughs> My parents are the worst. Well, I mean, in, me. in 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 Raimi esque news, you know, obviously happy birthday to the chin. Uh, Bruce Campbell's yes. birthday is is today. Hail hail to the it's chief. You. Hail to the king. Yeah. So uh, and Multiverse One of Madness has dropped on Disney Plus and digital platforms today as well um so if anybody wants to revisit that uh i i have been doing so prior to the show just to, nice. to kind of get a yeah, yeah yeah i guess i don't know you know i uh i was hoping i enjoyed that, it. you know upon a, a rewatch i was going to enjoy it more um I, i'm not saying i enjoy it less i just still think and feel like it's got all the exact problems that i said around the first time you know it's it's a raimi movie not a marvel yeah. movie and when it's a movie that's supposed to be taking a place in the MCU, I want it to feel like that. I don't want it to feel like it's taking place elsewhere. But it is what it is. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll eventually grow I to love that it. argument. Or not. I mean, that's, but, you know what it is, too? Yeah. The American I mean, comedy American, shit yeah. is kind of horrible. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I know you liked it. No, it's all right. No, yeah, I did, but for the same reason that you said you didn't like it, because it was a Sam Raimi movie. <laughs> that's why I liked it. You know, I was like, I, it just didn't have the feel of the MCU movies. It was like Sam Raimi was like, fuck it, I'm going to do whatever I want. <laughs> and he did. You know, and, and, you know, we have a very important cameo in that movie. That stands out to me. One of my favorite scenes. <laughs> so, you know, I recommend everybody check that out, especially if you're a Sam Raimi fan. But uh, without further ado, Dean, uh, if you have some horror news to talk about, we're all ears. What are you talking about tonight? Oh, you're all ears. How grateful am I to, to know that some people will be listening uh, your I would humility like to say, I no bounds. Um, so, uh, King, I believe, and I could be wrong, but I believe that you are the only one on our program that has watched the first season of the Chucky series. Is that correct, or has anybody else watched that? No, I've watched bro. the first episode twice now. Oh, well, you're making progress. I try. Well, I tried again, like a week, week and a half ago or so, and you know, like I, I didn't make it through the entire episode. I just, I kind of got like halfway through and was like, you know what, man, I'm still just not quite digging this. But right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah. finish. Wait, it. I am gonna finish it. Yeah. We'll see. So, King, uh, I believe, uh, you know, I know that uh, Meg, Meg Tilly appeared in it. Is that correct? She did. Yeah, reprising her role is different. And uh, were there were there other and who else from uh, you know previous editions appeared? So I want to make sure I have my facts correct here. Steven uh, Dorff, right? In season one, uh, yeah, Brad Dorff, of course, was Chucky, but also oh, sorry, Brad Benson, Dorf. who played yeah. Andy. Did you say Steven Dorff? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I did. Dorff. I'm I'm all mi- well, I'm all mixed up on the names. South actor. So, you know, Al Vincent, who played Andy, and also uh, Kyle. I yeah. uh, can't remember her name, but she, she appeared as well. So that was the legacy character. Right. So, far. so uh, I will then say that joining, joining the panel for season two, 
Yes. Uh, Gina Gershon and uh, Joey Pants, uh, Palantano, have joined the cast for Ooh. season two. Uh, so Joey Pants. For Joey <laughs> Pants. Uh, I don't Gina wear Gershon. a hairpiece. Will be <laughs> stepping in to the roles in the second season of the, the Chucky series. So, uh, if you are uh, excited about two. season two and you are fans of these performers, uh, then you should be even extra excited now. Uh, yeah, that's all totally. cool. Joey Pants, the killer of Piomai. Fortunately, Tony Torres, goddamn you. I'd have to do it. Have to do it, Joey Pants. He trusted you with that horse. No. It'll be cool for, for season two to have him on board. And, and Gina Gershon, yeah. Always love mm. her. <laughs> Joey Pants knows my car. that that steak that's about to enter his mouth is not real. But ignorance <laughs> is bliss. <laughs> hey, yeah. yeah, it's exciting news on the Chucky uh, front. All right, moving on. What else do we have? I will tell you, because uh, some of you are interested in the world of, of, of toys oh, and dolls and action figures, but uh, coming next year, not expected to ship until April of 2023, but you can pre-order now, uh, there is a Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2022 Leatherface action figure uh, coming to you from Haya Toys. Uh, it is a Hiya. four and three-quarter three inch uh <laughs> Action figure, one eighteenth scale. Uh, it comes with one pair of interchangeable hands and fifteen points of articulation, so you can pose Leatherface uh, to your heart's desire. And this action figure is clocking in at the low, low price of nineteen ninety nine. So uh, you can pre-order now if that is uh, your interest line. I want to be able to pose him like he's taking a shit in the field. If that can be done, <laughs> they have my they have my twenty dollars. Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to pay extra for like the uh, the flowers and weeds that they could hide behind. That's like an extra fifteen bucks. Come separately. Oh, that, that that's where they I get will, you is the accessories, man. I will make a fucking I will make a grade school level diorama. Okay, complete fucking shoebox diorama. Okay, if they give me that action figure okay, that can can bend down and take a dump, I want them dropping a deuce. <laughs> and that's going on the kitchen table. That's the centerpiece for Thanksgiving. Leatherface taking a big old greasy dump in the weeds. I, I will hang it from the ceiling in my living room, okay, like a fucking straight-up display. Just running into the to the bedroom to show the ghoul gal, look what I made, honey. That's nice, kid. Mm-hmm. Those lads you made Leatherface dumping. I'm going to hang it on the ceiling. Okay. <laughs> ah, look at him go. I'm so excited. I love being me. I know you do. Goose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take it to the Goose Show. Fi- you think Leatherface will like fi- Goose? <laughs> finally, you'll see the, you know, the news report. <laughs> Man finally <laughs> murdered by girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Last words were, Goose. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, I, I saw. Um, speaking of Goose, I saw I saw Top Gun Maverick, and uh, Goose was well represented within the film. If that's what you're talking about. Oh, you guys check out the movie. Indeed. I can't wait yes, to I see saw it. Top so Gun no spoilers, man. Maverick. No spoilers. I saw it last night. I will say that uh, if you can uh, find your way to the theater uh, to see it, that would be a, 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 a preferred 
medium. Oh, sure. All yeah, right. Big screen, cool. always, or something like that. I mean, I'm going to see the Black Phone this weekend, so sorry, Top Gun. You're not getting my money. I don't think they need your money. No, that, that, that shit is closing in on a billion dollars right now. So um, I don't see how, but it is. I just don't get it. Uh, what do you mean you don't just see like how? The first one. I don't see how. It's just the first one all over again, except with younger characters and Tom Cruise never aging because he's a fucking Scientology but, vampire. So as the one that has seen it, uh, your analysis is, 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 is strongly incorrect. Um, it's not okay. Well, then they did the trailer. I'm not going, I can't, I'm not going to say too much because, uh, you know, the, the ghoul has just requested no spoilers, so I'm not going to get into anything having to do with the story of the plot. But no. Uh, no. what they were able to do as far as uh, effects uh, and uh, airborne sequences is nothing short of remarkable. Uh, I feel like it's one of those it's one of those films that has come along that has like taken a jump in the capabilities of 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 film for, for like movie making effects. Well, just the you yeah, know, well, just the technological jump of the cameras alone is going to make what, that. That's worth, what I'm talking about. I mean, the, cla- the clarity of shot, the angles they're going to be able to get, the shit they're going to be able to shoot. Oh yeah, but I'm fucking stoked to see this man. I love those type of movies from the '80s. So that right there, yeah. you know, we don't and, see enough of these you know, movies anymore. You know, I was excited for Midway, and, you know, that ended up being somewhat of a disappointment because it didn't have as many airborne yeah. sequences as I would have hoped for. Um, so, yeah, no, I'm stoked for fucking Top Gun Maverick, man. And, I have not yeah, had the ability and, to and go out and see it. While I will say that, yes, I, too, uh, love the first film, I do have a, a strong memory of Top Gun being one of the films uh, that was kind of, uh, playing 24/7 uh, in the in the ghoul's home. Uh, anytime you would go to his house, his his mom and Frank, uh, you know, would be in, in whatever yeah, they were in on the couch with uh, Top Gun in the dark with Top Gun on the big screen TV, like on a on an endless loop. It seemed like. Oh, but that's because mm. you know, my stepfather, in his infinite wisdom, thought Laserdisc was the future. So he had, ah. you know, I think, like. Seven laser discs total, and Top Gun was one of those laser discs. So Top Gun playing on his, you know, projection style big, you know, rear projection big screen TV with these ginormous fucking speakers would be playing. Yes, almost on an endless loop because anytime Frank was home, that movie got put on, and you'd know because you could hear it halfway down the fucking block because the jets would go by and the whole fucking house would rumble. Oh, you just hear buzzing Kenny the tower. Shit, night. man! I was ducking. <laughs> Feeling like the admiral's daughter, in my basement, huh? You know, we're hearing that shit upstairs, <laughs> man. That was funny. scary enough as it was. Trying to sneak up to, we wouldn't even sneak up to go get iced tea or take a piss, dude. We would take whatever drinks we had down there, and then we'd end up pissing in cups because we didn't want to see my parents. <laughs> That's how scary my fucking family was, man. <laughs> fucking couple of pieces. <laughs> Oh, believe me, I have plenty of memories of doing that myself in my, my place when I was a kid, of wanting to just piss in a cup, because if you stepped in the hallway, if you even creaked in the hallway, oh, yeah, your ass is grass, son. What are you doing? <laughs> Nothing. This ass go. Get the fuck back into bed. Okay. Shit. You got yelled at it's over. If, I, if so, I stepped so out, I got, got stuck. I got a head full of fucking LSD, man. It was some scary as shit. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, there, there was none of that. It's just, what the fuck are you doing in my house? I, I live here. Oh, really? <laughs> okay. Start making some money, maybe. Yeah, no, I believe me. I get all that, but no. Wasn't a whole lot of uh, a lot of good stuff. But I just, uh, to re- with Top Gun, I'm sure there are people that like it because of the action sequences. Uh, I'm sure it's just that the trailers were done wrong. Because I remember seeing the trailers for it, and I'm like, that's just Top Gun all over again. Like, they're playing fucking Danger Zone. They're playing a game on the beach. Tom Cruise is like, huh, the, you know what? The place where I live is the sky. <laughs> yes, I think so. I'm Maverick. And then just kind of figure gunning his way out of the room. And I'm like, well, that's He's not Nicholas Top Cage. Gun. That's what he did in the thing. Well, no, that's what he did in the first one. He just laughed a lot. <laughs> you can't stop me, man. I belong in the sky. I'm like, okay. I was like, that's what they're doing in Maverick. And they named the movie fucking Maverick. I'm like, move on from this character. He had his story arc. Like, I would much rather watch somebody else be like, oh, yeah, you know what? He died in the dogfight, so I'm taking over now. I'm like, oh, cool. And it's John Travolta. The, no, because that, that would be <laughs> Iron Eagle, that too. already, man. I was just yeah, saying, Iron, was Iron Eagle, Eagle, Eagle 2. They fucking killed Jason <laughs> Gedrick in, like, the first five minutes of the movie. Yeah, for real. Oh, I only saw, like, you know, bits and pieces of Iron Eagle, so I don't know much about that. I just didn't like those type of propaganda movies, I guess, back then. Uh, oh, dude, Iron movies, Eagle like, and Iron Eagle lives. 2 are the shit, <laughs> I mean, I saw Red Dawn. That was, like, you know, that was it, that movie. Love that fucking Red movie. Red Dawn, motherfucker. I repeat when I was a kid. <laughs> Avenge the sequel for that to be yeah, one of dude. the worst. I mean, the, not the sequel. The, the remake of that truly uh, could be one of the fucking worst oh, movies oh, that I've Dawn? ever seen. Oh, dude, dude that I was just so watched horrible. that for the fir- I just watched that for the first time, like maybe two months ago. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty yeah, me too. bad. And for me, it was <laughs> it was longer than two months, but it was like some time in, in the COVID times uh, that it came on one night, and I, I was like, you know what? Like I'm just like laying there watching TV oh, and, and it came on and I was like, you know, I love the first one so much. Like this, like I would never see yeah. this out, but here it is starting on the channel that I'm watching. So let's see what this is all about. And I couldn't believe how fucking terrible it was. Well, I watched the uh, first yeah, one for the first time. Like here's, here's a crazy thing. Again, Red Dawn, a movie you would think oh, right up my alleyway, but somehow yeah. always, I always missed it. But now I own both of them, you know, on my, on my Xbox. But again, I took forever to finally watch it. So I don't know, maybe first a year great. or so ago, I finally yeah. watched the first Red Dawn. And you know what? That's got all of those, those great 80s tropes that, you know what? It was a trip down like nostalgia lane for me, seeing all these actors and actresses. And yeah, you know what? Growing up in that time frame, I could see, I could get into the storyline a little bit and, and enjoy it. So I really kind of, looking at the cast for the remake, I was like, all right. I mean, how terrible could it be, right. you know? And, uh, and yeah, you know, is, is it a remake? Yes. <laughs> but somehow, yep. somehow, they really just did not capture like what the actual like this the 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 idea the 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 real fucking feeling and heart of that original film like they just couldn't mm-hmm. do it and you know even Thor couldn't save that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, no, the true Wolverine should have stayed. His hallway me. scene was great though. Wolverine, the only good part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I should you not, man. It's like I, when I saw that as a little kid, man, that movie like literally scared the shit out of me. Is like just because <laughs> like grow, growing up in a military family. You know, in the 80s, it's like this is the shit that, you know, you were prepped and primed for. You know, it could happen any time. And this movie was capturing it. And I was like, oh, fuck, that could this actually happen? He's like, fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Go back to the basics. But, but, yeah. 
but I, you know, but like the, you know, but that movie really, really hit home in the eighties. You know, when you're growing up in, in an, as an army brat, you know, during the the Cold War of Russia and shit right. like that, that man. Is... <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's intense. It's it's good. I mean, I yeah, again, like I said, I prefer that over over Top Gun. I just think it's just a better movie. You know, more relatable, I guess, because they're they're teenagers and they have to fight. You know, for the USA and their Wolverines and. Fucking Patrick Swayze is just so fucking tits, and everything he does, especially Red Dawn. Maverick Dawn's, was fighting uh, for Tom the Tom USA, Tom's too. I mean, come no, on. What do you think Tom himself. Cruise was doing in that he movie? He lives on an island all by himself. No, he, he fights for himself. He doesn't fight for his country. He fights to keep good-looking and hot. You know, that's fighting all Tom Cruise does. That's all Tom fighting Cruise. for the country because he represents the best of what America is. Well, no, he just wants to, like, fly upside down and take pictures and shit. So that's all. That's all. Give people the finger. I that's fine. That's all I wanted. Uh, yeah, that's fine. He he was keeping up foreign relations. That's what he was doing. Was he? <laughs> I just want to see him yeah. use the F word. I think I've ever heard Tom Cruise use the F word before. It'd be fascinating. Check out Risky Business. He used it in that film. Well, yeah, I was going to say he used, used it in. Uh, in what do you call it, man? Maybe. Um, shit. Oh, uh, cocktail. Not a cocktail. Um, um, no, he yeah, not, no, I don't remember that in cocktail. The movie in which there were all a bunch of actors in the jungle, and he plays the fucking, he plays the Hollywood agent. Oh, His hands are all oh, swollen and everything. Yeah, he's cursing up and down in that. I bet you there's a fucking bunch of <laughs> yeah. bombs dropped in that movie. I only saw the movie once in the theater, and I walked out and I'm like, what it, but whatever. <laughs> I still couldn't think. Well, run, fucking Robert Downey Jr. was fucking brilliant in that movie. <laughs> It, oh, it, man. It was definitely a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in a lot of ways, you know, and Booty Juice and Jack Black was good in it, too. But, yeah, so, um, anyway, getting off track. Uh, Dean, what else do you have to talk about? Uh, also, in, in the world of we have toys, a uh, coming from the fine folks at Mezco, uh, they are currently accepting pre-orders for a new Living Dead doll inspired by the Father's Day segment of Creepshow, uh, the 10-inch version uh, of Nathan Grantham yeah. with the cake made out of his daughter's severed head uh, is available mm-hmm. for pre-order. This is not expected to ship uh, until sometime between February and April of 2023. And coming yeah. in, a, uh, in a shadow box uh, presentation, uh, you can currently pre-order this one, but this one will set you back Roughly ninety-eight dollars. Uh, they always do, man. <laughs> they always do. Yeah, they're expensive as hell. Uh, yeah. I mean, they are, but also I saw it. I uh, put it on the fucking terror Facebook page. I just I don't like Mezco because Mezco they charge a lot and they make them look like they're babies, and I just I can't get behind that that style. It's kind of like why uh, uh, the fucking thing. Uh, Funko. That's it. I can't collect those either because I just think they look like baby's toys. Like, and they release some cool ones at the same time. It's like, I'm not spending the money to have something in a box that looks like a child. Like, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, for the price tag, I was expecting something more close to the movie. But The king doesn't want to keep again, children in boxes? <laughs> no, I don't. I keep them in cages, thank you very much. And they're well-fed and they're taken care of. And they get released well, to their parents once a month. I, I, I wouldn't say they're well-fed. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? They seem pretty happy when they saw you last week, so 
Tell me they're not well fed. Because they I bring that food. Song. That's why. <laughs> no, you don't. Pizza. You eat in front of them. That's different. What are you a ninja turtle? I, I said I bring yeah, pizza. Yeah. I didn't say I give give it to him. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> Because money understands I'm trying to train foot soldiers, and I can't have them being slow because they're eating pepperoni pizza. They can have cigarettes, but they can't have pizza. Not they have cigarettes and video games. Too. <laughs> I mean, they have pretty cool. Oh, animals. they're babies. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my so cats are food and Gotta love them. Um, but, yeah, so that, that's what I like to do. So that's my fun little hobby. Uh, but, all right, Dean, what else is next? I will tell you what else is next. Uh, the uh, I have talked here on, on this uh, segment of our program how there was going to be a prequel series, Welcome to Derry, for HBO Max. And uh, the writer's mm-hmm. room is now open uh, for this prequel series. Uh, they are hard at work. On the scripts, uh, one of the writers named uh, Shelley Mills shared a pic of the offices where they're working featuring, uh, you know, red balloons hanging uh, throughout the corridors and whatnot. But the uh, Welcome to Derry It prequel series has entered production, or pre-production, I, I guess, writing is okay. Okay, well, at least they're doing their own writing as opposed to Lionsgate, <laughs> where they want us to do it for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You guys have ideas? Send them in. What a check made out to Lionsgate for five dollars. We'll read it and we'll make it a new movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, now I'm I'm kind of looking forward to it. I know uh, Stephen King was on the uh, a, a recent podcast where he was talking about the Welcome to Dairy series, and he was like, "Listen, you know, years from now, my books will still be on the bookshelf. I'll be dead, and guess what? The clown will still be around. So I mean, good luck to to whoever wants to make it." He's like, I guess they're going to make it like what Pennywise was like in the 50s or the 80s or whatever fuck decade it was in. He's like, but I wish him luck. You know, he, he, I guess he was kind of being, you know, joking about that fact that he doesn't know what decade Andy Muschietti's uh, it took place in. But, you know, he's, he's right. You know, he's going to die one day and people are still going to be talking about Pennywise and, and Church the Cat and yeah, well, the characters you know, his other people like Harry. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you want. Um, but, but I did. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Mikey. Oh, I was going to say, he's just taking the John Carpenter right here and just counting his money going, you guys have fun with this. <laughs> I am in no way involved. <laughs> Feel free to slap my name on it, but that's about it. <laughs> well, he's still but, too busy and, writing. And, that's the thing. Like, yeah. No, no, go ahead, please. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say, he's just still busy writing. Like, it's not like John Carpenter. Like, John Carpenter, he'll gladly make some music for the movie, and he'll take a lot of credit for creating Michael Myers, but he. He's not quite like King, who just never knows how to stop writing. He doesn't know when to turn his mind off. I love the fact that, like, every other month, new Stephen King book on the way. Like, what? Like, does he fucking sleep? Is he still doing so like, back in the 80s? Like, <laughs> you know, and I love him for it. But go ahead. Uh, go ahead, Ghoul. I'm sorry. No, all, all I was going to say is, I mean, I kind of, you know, it's one of those where if he wants to, if he's going to step back and let people take his creations and, and, and envision them in their own way. I completely support that because, you know, like at this point, some of those characters like Pennywise 
are larger than the actual books themselves, you know, and there can be interesting mm-hmm. stories told with these characters and, and within mm-hmm. the world of Stephen King, you know, so trying to, we've seen what happens when King himself makes his own projects. They're, they're really not, okay, if, if what gets made with his name on it is bad, what he makes himself is pretty much just below that normally, you know, so <laughs> let other people do it. You know, I've I've never been a fan of his own work except for, you know, fucking Maximum Overdrive. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is great. And I think it deserves a lot more for appreciation because it's just such a fun just fucking movie not to be taken seriously at it's all. Fun but, uh, I, I, yeah, it's just, it, you know, it's not like the Shining uh, miniseries that he made for ABC back in the late 90s where he wanted to make it more closer to the book, and it was, but it was also fucking terrible uh, just because he hated that, that Kubrick movie, and he had to have his own way and, and do it his own way. But uh, I was in a Facebook group earlier, and they were talking about how uh, Dean Koontz and Stephen King would go into this bookstore and sign their books, and they would both make money off of it. And, you know, if you have a signed book, that'd be great. But what they also said was that Stephen King would also autograph Dean Koontz books. And that would just piss off Dean Koontz so fucking bad. Stephen <laughs> 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 King was signing his name in Dean Koontz books. <laughs> I was like, oh, I love that movie. And Stephen King's autographs in it. <laughs> Jeez, imagine how much Stephen that King thing's got to be worth. A, a Dean Koontz book signed by Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. I'd love to have a copy of one of those. But, all right, Dean, what's next? What are you talking about? Hello. Yes. Uh, so, <laughs> news that will make uh, the King of Horror happy. I think it will make the King of Horror happy. Uh, Shudder happy. has acquired uh, the distribution rights uh, to the This Is Guar documentary, and it will hit nice. the Shudder streaming service. Uh, this summer, July 21st, to be specific, uh, This Is Guar uh, will be hitting Shutter after their acquisition of the distribution rights. Yes, it will. And I can't wait because, yeah, I'm a huge fan of Guar. And we've talked about that with the monkey, about, you know, how they are from his hometown. Uh, you know, yep. and getting to see my, a Guar show is like nothing too. else. <laughs> <laughs> is Guar and... Dave Brocky, who is no longer with us, who was Odorous Urungus, and hail him because he made some amazing effects for the stage and masks and costumes. And it was about the music, but it was also about the stage show. And, yeah. Uh, well, know, they, they, were, they were all art students who went to VCU, and they, yeah. you know, met mm-hmm. up in art class and stuff, and then they started building all these crazy-ass props together. <laughs> yeah. And, and have a uh, huge-ass <laughs> warehouse. Uh, off oh, yeah. of Hull Street. <laughs> Just full <laughs> yeah. of their shit. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so when the monkey and I went back to Richmond, Virginia, uh, he showed me around, but he also showed me to the Guar Bar, uh, which is right there. And it's kind of like my Graceland, where you go in there and they got all the props hanging around, you know, and everything is Guar related and they serve you like in uh, dog dishes, you know, just because of course you're a scum dog, yeah, wherever you go. So you're going to eat out of a dog dish. Uh, but, man, just, it was just a highlight. So to see this documentary is going to be very cool. Because, like I said, they are still going. They're still making records. They're still going out on tour. It's just not the same. 
you know, once once Dave passed away, it's just I kind of drifted away from the band because that voice is so iconic and Odorous is so iconic. And without him, you know, it's, just, it's not just, just not the same anymore. And, you know, it's just kind of like watching a cover band now. You know, they're good, but, you know, they were better, you know, when Dave was around. It's just missing an ingredient, that's all. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that they're still going. It's still, I'm glad that they're still keeping Guar alive, you know, for other audiences and younger audiences to discover them for the first time. I think it's fucking great as hell, but for me, you know, I, I listen to the old stuff. Like, that's why Spotify kind of makes me angry, because I can't just have Guar the Brocky era. You know, when I put on Guar, it's, it's the new stuff and then some of the old stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I just wish I could just have, you know, the, the odorous era of Guar, you know, instead of the new stuff. Not to say the new stuff isn't uh, bad. I mean, it's, it's pretty good, but it's just not, it's not odorous. But. So anyway, yeah, so if you're a fan of that, July 21st on Shudder, watch that documentary, Hail Odorous. Yeah, have it. Hail Scum Dog, yeah. Uh, yeah, All right, know, my, my first and pretty much my only mm-hmm. interaction with uh, with with Guar comes from Empire Records. And, uh, Empire Records, that's yeah. about the that is about the depth of my uh, exploration of that band. Play me a guitar, Mark, but now you must die. No, no. Oh. <laughs> he was wearing t-shirts. Fucking eating his brownies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the pot filled brownies and watching Guar playing Sadama Gogo. Guar. And also, they had a whole video game for Beavis and Butthead. Join the band. <laughs> yeah. You make me happy. <laughs> yeah, that fucking song. Oh, it's so good. But all right, then, moving on. What's next? Let's see what we have here. As we know, we're currently in the midst of the third season of The Boys. I'm guessing uh, everyone's mm-hmm. caught yes. up. Uh, Hell you know yeah. that there is a very, very special episode coming this Friday, uh, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. What I'm here to talk about is that mm. uh, the, the new uh, Boys live-action spinoff that was announced qu- quite some time ago uh, is currently yeah. filming. Uh, this is the spinoff oh. series that is going nice. to center around the only college for soups uh in the united states uh it's being billed as an irreverent r-rated series exploring uh the hormonal and competitive lives of young soups uh and uh the creators are saying that this spinoff uh you should expect it to be similar to hbo's hit series euphoria except with superheroes nice (laughs) yes (laughs) That is fucking. I knew the group was happy about that. Early filming. <laughs> so it's going to be a bunch of underage people having sex and dealing with issues. All right. Dude, Euphoria is fucking fantastic. I cannot recommend that fucking series enough. Yeah, I, I know. I've heard good things myself. I've only seen like one or two episodes, so I can't really comment. You know, I mean, it wasn't what I thought wasn't bad. You know, I'll have to go back into it one day because I always find something else to watch. Always my problem. Like I'm gonna go back. I need to go back to that series. I didn't give it enough of a chance. But then I's like, oh, look at that, Supernatural done. And the season one episode. Oh right. Back before it got all weird and convoluted. <laughs> Ooh, we'll be watching Infinity War again. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! I just watched that a couple weeks ago too. <laughs> so there you go. There you have it. Sometimes I'm just oh, in the Infinity mood. War. Nope. 
speaking of Marvel things, it has been announced okay. that um, Ms. Marvel uh, has had the lowest viewership of any oh. MCU Disney Plus series. Um, wow. I don't know what the expectations are. I don't think this is something I've ever heard of. So uh, I'm out of my out well, of my depth here. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. I've been watching the series. It's three episodes in. Uh, I mean, look, you know, the, the, the series lead is a 17-year-old female who is also Muslim. You know, so, so I feel like it's the kind of series that's going to develop its own little niche audience. And I have a feeling they were kind of prepared for that. It doesn't. It didn't seem to me because the comic book isn't even really a mainstream success comic. Uh, but no, you know, no. the series is staying is staying true to the character. It is staying true to their faith. I'm enjoying the shit out of it. So and and you know what? It, it puts a smile on my face when I'm watching it. This past week's episode even had a uh, a Bollywood level dance sequence in it. It's a lot of fun, nice. you know, so, so, you know, anybody not watching it, if, if you consider yourself a superhero fan and, and you just like teen television in general, it, it's well worth the watch. But, no, I think the main Marvel demographic is, you know, over-amped fucking, you know, young males up to, you know, 20-somethings that, that still think that they're going to be superheroes one day. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're watching this and they're going, well, I'm not a fucking, you know, 17-year-old Muslim girl, so so I don't want to see this. My mom says I could be a superhero. Jake, you're 37 years old. Uh, yeah, but my mom see? says I'm her little superhero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she even made me a cape. There goes Jake, he's my superhero. He's 37, man. He doesn't have a job. <laughs> His job fighting crime. You know, the only thing he fights is obesity. One day I'm going to get bit by a spider. Get powers like Spider-Man. <laughs> Just see him going around trying to find poisonous spiders. So this is giving me my chance. I'm going to let this little bugger bite me, and I'm going to turn into Spider-Man. Half hour later, he's Let dead. it bite you on the dick. Let it bite you on the dick. That's how you get the powers. <laughs> Got to go through the pee hole. That's what I don't know what tell you in the comic books. It has to go through the old pee hole. That's how the venom gets in there and yeah. you get all fucking, wow. The boys showed us that. <laughs> if I'm the next on the boys, you could do anything with a penis. <laughs> Jackass, education television. Damn right. You know, drink my Mountain Dew and learn how to smash myself in the bowels. Make them all big. <laughs> not how any of this works. Why do you keep watching television? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I agree with uh, the ghoul about Ms. Marvel. I mean, I don't know a whole lot about her. I know some of the comic books, and I know her background, and it's really interesting, but I would think that, you know, girls, uh, you know, would be more so interested in watching Ms. Marvel, you know, as a strong hero, you know, in the in that universe. And, uh, you know, kind of build a following from that. You know, unfortunately, like the ghoul said, you know, most of superhero fans are, are fucking 25-year-old white guys, you know, and younger, you know, who just want to watch Iron Man and Captain America punch evildoers. Oh, 
God, there's no, plenty of forty-five ago. year old guys. <laughs> yeah, listen, I'm a Marvel fan big too. Boys. You know what I mean? I'm, <laughs> I'm just saying the main demographic. You know, I think I think the, the older <laughs> yeah. demographic is willing to to give just about anything a shot. You got She-Hulk coming oh, out yeah. in another month and a half. I can't think wait. it is. I mean, I can't they're, wait. They're diversifying so cool. everything. You know, everybody wants it to be boom, boom, smack, smack, pow, pow, kachoo. But you know what? I like what they're doing. You've got some comedy. You've got some teen stuff. You got this. You got that. That's what all of these TV series are for, is to kind of explore yeah. those those different avenues, just like any mini series in a comic run. You know, you get a, a six issue mini series because it's not part of the main or the the main arc. Yeah, right. and that's exactly what you and I said about WandaVision is, you know, it was a great solid series, but, you know, when I would try and pass it on to uh, friends and coworkers and they check it out, they're like, no, it wasn't enough, you know, Avengers Infinity War, you know, and I was like, look, man, not everything is, you know, <laughs> bow, pap, you know, all that kind of shit, you know, it's, there's other levels of enjoyment in the comic book world other than just punching and blowing up shit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I agree. But what else is happening in the horror world, Dean? Let's see, King. What else is happening in the horror world? Uh, I will see. tell you that in the world of horror, there's a lot of exciting things, including the fact yeah, Jason that Blum wants, Blumhouse, uh, Robert England to come back. Well, that's, <laughs> that's what I was about to say. That uh, if they are able to acquire the rights. Nightmare on Elm Street, uh, they're confident uh, that uh, they will be able to have Robert England uh, don the hat, sweater, and, and glove uh, one more time. Uh, of course, this is just words because uh, Blumhouse does not have any rights to anything related to Nightmare on Elm Street, but they are currently, I'm sure, working towards that as the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street uh, property, uh, as we've talked about previously on the show, is open to accepting pitches uh, for for ideas to to bring uh, Elm Street and, and Freddy back to the to the big screen. So uh, there you have it, as far as Blumhouse and and Robert England, who we most recently saw in Stranger Things. Yeah, very cool, and and but I just. I have to love the big dick fucking energy on Jason Blum uh, when he talked about, you know, getting those properties. And he's like, yeah, you know what, guys, listen, we got Ellen Burstyn back, and she's 87. She did The Exorcist. We're getting Robert for Nightmare on Elm Street. I'm like, whoa, man, what it must be like to have a dick like yours, sir. Just to be a part of Blumhouse and just to be able to say shit like that. <laughs> you know, it's called yes, backing right. up the money truck, motherfucker, because that's you're right. all it is. <laughs> Make it right. I don't have any doubts about that. I don't have any doubts about that, but I, I kind of liked your pitch, Ghoul, when you said in the group chat, yeah, you know, have him put on the appliances, do some of the, you know, the, the things that Freddie does, but then you get a stuntman of similar oh, yeah. height and weight to him and do the, do the stunt work. I can appreciate that, and I think I'll be more happy with that than expecting Robert at 75 to do things that he did years ago and be as physical as he was, and, and uh, especially when you think of 2002's um, Freddy vs. Jason, where he did a lot of his own shit in that movie, and it's like, dude, he shouldn't be doing that, but he did, you know, but he was much younger back then. Yeah. Uh, now you're but talking Freddy about 75. Jason so. too, though, w- w- when you look at the entirety of the Nightmare on Elm Street franchises, that is the most 
we've ever seen Freddie do. He's always, you know, yeah. he's, he's not necessarily a stalker type, but, you know, he's a chase no. type of, of, of slasher. You know what I mean? He's going to chase you through mm-hmm. his dreams. But a lot of that is just quick cutting. I think for Robert, the biggest problem is going to be sitting there for the prosthetics. You know, having to sit, oh, yeah. fucking sit for hours and hours on end. But, you know, I think between... I think these days with technology, you know, you can go a little bit lighter on the makeup and then with a little bit of fucking digital alteration, it's going to look just like he did back then. So uh, I think, uh, like with everybody, man, I think with whatever they're going to throw out to him, it's going to be an obscene amount of money, and he's going to know that he'd be, he'd be silly not to accept it. Especially yeah, when you see, like, the money J- Jamie Lee Curtis is making with the Halloween films and stuff, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean, do you, do you know if there's a, a statement from Robert England about this at all, or no? No, I, this is just something that 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 Blumhouse has stated. I haven't seen any commentary uh, from Robert England based on this statement. Uh, but uh, you know, we just brought up Freddy uh, versus Jason, and man, uh, I find that it's it's crazy to think that that next year that movie is going to be 20 years old. Um, <laughs> but wow, I'm, holy I'm, shit! I'm, <laughs> time doesn't stop. Time waits for no man. But to think that that shit was twenty fucking years ago already, Jesus. Sing in the theater. No, well, he was two thousand and twenty-two years ago. You know, but you know, who's counting? Yeah, no. <laughs> who's counting? Dude? Nobody's counting. Nobody's counting. Nobody's caring. All right, what else do you have, dude? Uh, let's see what else I have. I thought if if you guys did not know. Uh, or to not see this piece of news, some of you might be interested to know that uh, comic artist uh, Tim Sale, uh, behind yeah. Batman, The Long Halloween, um, and some other stuff, has passed away at the age of 66. Um, so I just made note of that because I know some of you like comic books. Yeah, I actually met him at my first big con. I met him at uh, Philly Con, re- really nice guy. And just, uh, yeah you know, great artwork. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I, uh, I definitely know the name. I know of his work. And, uh, yeah, definitely a loss in the comic world. Yeah, so, so that is why I shared that, because I know some of you like comics. Uh, but moving on, mm-hmm. the text is based on an auction firm. Yes. The Texas-based auction firm, uh, Heritage Auction uh, has recently carried out the first VHS-only auction, which featured a sealed original VHS of Back to the Future that was once owned by Thomas Wilson, Biff Tannen himself, uh, for $75,000. Uh, the first mm. edition, first release sealed Back to the Future VHS tape sold for $75K. Uh, this auction uh, featured over uh, 260 selected VHS tapes. Uh, another big money uh, item on that auction was an original sealed VHS copy of The Goonies, uh, which went for $50,000. So uh, big money for that stuff. Uh, there were also promotional copies of, of Jaws and, and others. Now, this was for uh, like a charity, stories. right? No, I believe this was just through an auction house. I don't just know. An auction. For, I didn't yeah. say anything about this being for a charity. It's ridiculous. No, it's not. Um, a charity, but it's an auction. 
They yeah, do it for and, a good cause. Also, uh, <laughs> well, there are, you know, people collect this shit, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, in the Back to the Future news, also there is going to be a Back to the Future Broadway musical that will hit the great right way in 2023. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, dude. <laughs> First we got Jaws, Eddie. and now we're getting back to the future of the musical. Any further news about this musical? Like, you know, like... <laughs> brought to you by the same people who brought you Spider-Man, the musical. <laughs> hopefully, you, hopefully you two will not be involved with this one. <laughs> Mm, we'll see. Why don't you make like a tree and leave? <laughs> Back to the oh, musical confirms it? 2023 uh, opening. It says that uh, it's the stage adaptation will. Uh, where did it go? There it is. Uh, of the 80s film. Uh, it's slated to debut sometime uh, next year, and uh, the announcement features to link to sign up for tickets. Uh, no other details about the show are currently available, including which Broadway theater will play host to the musical, who its producers, <laughs> cast, creative, and production team will be. Uh, so that is the word on what is known about uh, this Broadway musical. Man, I wonder if there's going to be like a dance number of a whole bunch of Michael J. Foxes dancing around in their Calvin Klein underwear on stage. Oh, there something. has to be. <laughs> <laughs> then there has to Clark, be. Calvin Klein. <laughs> has to be. Or just at the yeah, yeah. at the end of it, you just have Doc standing there by the light tower, the clock tower. Oh, Marty, you're my friend. You're my lover. <laughs> Please come with me, like you know, and just has this whole love song about how Doc really just loves Marty. And Marty's like, "Oh wow, man, this is heavy." Marty, can you hear me? Marty, can you see? Is there a weight problem in your time? <laughs> oh, I just I can't wait. I just want to get the soundtrack. <laughs> Don't even need to see oh. it. Soundtrack. It's going to be a lot of fucking Huey Lewis. Sure of it. No, no, no. Move it. Okay. No, there is. <laughs> yeah. All right, so moving on, Dean. What else do you have? Uh, also in the world of auctions, uh, the Pop Store auction is currently live, uh, but you will have to fork over a lot of money to be able to acquire items such as an original uh, television series used Wonder Woman tiara, uh, clothes from the Terminator films, uh, the original bad motherfucker wallet carried by Samuel Jackson in Pulp Fiction, oh, uh, as well as many, many, many other items. Uh, but expect all of this shit to go for, for big time dollars. So that also is happening in the world of auctions and also recently in the world of auctions a model of an X-Wing fighter that was used 
in Star Wars A New Hope recently sold at auction for a cool $2.3 million. Wow. (laughs) Hopefully it actually works. That price. I I wish I had that kind of money to steer and have something like that. Yeah, so does Google. (laughs) (laughs) Even if I hang hang your phone, put it on the ceiling, right, Google? (laughs) (laughs) Right in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. It would go Contact somewhere. Banging we'll your head on it and trying to get up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and then world. what a world they live in. Yeah. Then yes, that is, that is true. And then uh, finally, uh, the first of the two nights that Fathom Events was going to be having a nationwide screening of the thing, uh, the first evening's event, uh, while they claim brought in. Uh, half a million dollars, uh, they did mm-hmm. also say that they screened this film for whatever reason it ended up being screened in the wrong aspect ratio, causing uh, much of the picture to be cut. And there was some other error that featured uh, some kind of red hue and red haze, uh, you know, throughout the film as well. Uh, Damn, they, they fucked up. That they are working. Yeah, they, they have. They have they have taken it on the chin and admittedly so have claimed that they yes they absolutely have fucked up. Uh, they said that all yeah. the corrections have been made uh, for the second evening, which I think is tonight. Uh, no word on yeah. whether there's going to be a, another screening for the people that saw it on the first night, but uh, that's what's going on with the Fathom Events screening of the thing. Yeah, because John Carpenter, when he makes his movies, he films in two three five one ratio, and the cut that they got was one eight five one, which means that a third of the picture was cut. So you're not getting the full vision of what uh, John Carpenter meant for the screen. So I can see why people would be mad about it, you know, because you're expecting that that crisp full experience, and you're getting only half. So and plus, like you know, with the red glare and things like that, so no. But that's, again, the problem with these movies when they're old and you try to screen them on new screens. Sometimes it just doesn't always work out. But, yeah, two, three, five, one was always Carpenter's uh, ratio because when you look at it, it's wide across rather than top to bottom. I mean, I could talk all night about aspect ratios. So, <laughs> anyway, with that being uh, it, I'm going to go to the Mad Monkey because we're going to be talking about Eaten Alive from 1980, directed by Umberto Lenzi or uh, Vivianta Vivi, if uh, you're Italian. Mangiati VD, I should say, if you're Italian. So we're going to get into it. Monkey in the Four is yours. What's this movie about? What do you think about it? Let's talk about it. All right, Eaton Live. This is the story of Sheila Moore, a wealthy southern cotton mill heiress who is on the hunt for her lost sister who has disappeared while traveling overseas. With only a single letter and scraps of film footage as her guide, she will travel to the deepest jungles of New Guinea to find her sister. There she hires Mark Butler, former, former Vietnam soldier and per- presently professional drunk as her guide. Because Mark knows of the dangers that await them, jungles full of wild animals, cannibals, and cult leaders. For if they aren't careful, they very well will be eaten alive! Exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> um... Yeah, we all know about my screw-up last week for watching the wrong movie. Well, hey, guys, we're covering it this week. So to begin with, this <laughs> is my very first Italian cannibal horror movie. And I got to say, dude, um, yeah, wow. 
<laughs> These films don't hold back. I mean, man, this film was just full of all kinds of uncomfortableness for me. Like, from the gooey-gory effects to the fucked-up rape scenes to, hell, every fucking shot of nature they used was screwed up, too, man. I was, like, feeling, like, violated, like, like just in a nature show. What the fuck? Uh, like, I just could not catch a break in this movie. Um, but, like, it was fun. It was intense. It was in your face. Um, you know, while at the same time the effects were Good and bad at the same time, but at least all the chicks were really hot. <laughs> Lucky, I just want to ask a clarifying question. Did you say that this was your first Italian cannibal film? Yeah. Hmm. Did we not cover? Uh, yeah. Haven't we covered? Haven't we covered others on on the program? You have, but it was uh, it was it was during summer breaks when I was with Ian. Ah, yeah, so for bad. me, okay. so for me, the, the, and yeah, I watched, and we did cover Green Inferno together, you know. But again, that wasn't Italian, so this is like my first delve into, you know, the classic, if you will, genre of God, Italian yeah, cannibal movies. Green Inferno was like, Green Inferno was like, hey, I like the old Italian cannibal movies, so I'm gonna make one, except it's not an old Italian cannibal movie. It's, it's mine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even calling it Green Inferno, which was also uh, a Diodato movie from the uh, 80s. He made a movie called Green Inferno. So, yeah. Mm. Trip a lot. But anyway, uh, Ghoul, what do you think about Eating Alive? I mean, you know, look, this is my, my first time watching this one. Uh, I, I did enjoy it. There were fucking titties everywhere. You know, you, you couldn't <laughs> blink and not see boobs. You know, the, the, the one character, I think the actress's name was like Mei Mei Lee or something like that. I mean, oh, yes. The girl yep. doesn't even, Mimi she Lee. doesn't know what a shirt is, you know. And those those two mams, <laughs> I, I am sure, were, were man-made boobies, but they, uh, they they were like a nice little size. They, they, they weren't like an overabundance of boob, and uh, but they also didn't move at all. Like they, they had no actual natural natural flow, and the, the, the nipples were a little bit weird. But I, I liked them. I dug them. I thought it was kind of hot. But regardless, let's get let's get to the actual movie itself. Uh, look, as far as the you know, cannibal films go, this is just run of the mill. It seemed like it went along the same lines as every type of cannibal flick that that does this. You throw a bunch of people out into the jungle. Uh, you, you throw in a little bit of the uh, the old uh, God, the, uh, the the old Kool Aid man. You know, as far as his fucking having his uh, his little cult following and everything, uh, Jim Jones. You know, throw a little bit of Jim Jones in there, and uh, yeah. and here you have uh, this movie. Um, I liked it. There were boobs. There was blood. I didn't like all the scenes that they had cut in there of people actually killing reptiles and shit like that. Though that I uh, I just completely you know as, as somebody that owns. You know, multiple fucking reptiles. It's just, I don't know. It's just unnecessary. It's just put there to fucking, just to piss people off, I guess, more than anything else. Yes, yeah, I agree, and man. we'll get back on that later. Um, Dean, what did you think of it, man? Uh, same same as what, not not opinion-wise, but same as what the ghoul said. This is my, my first time uh, seeing seeing this one uh, from, my, from my time when I checked out some of these Italian uh, cannibal uh, films in my in my younger days, uh, you know, and this one, uh, you know, played you know played it fairly similar to 
you know, all the other ones that are out there with its with its with its pacing and with uh, you know with cruel, some cruelty uh, to wildlife, uh, some rape, and uh, you know, finally cannibalistic dismemberment and feasting uh, when it finally got around to that stuff. Uh, you know, this isn't the type of film that I seek out to to voluntarily watch. Uh, these days, but I appreciate the opportunity to get a chance to do so, and they arise as selections on our program. And uh, you know, so this is this is this is you know totally a fine uh, viewing experience. It's nothing that set my world on fire, but uh, knowing of its title uh, uh, from from the Lindsay world, that was I was I was happy to finally get a chance to take a look at this one. Cool. So, what did you think, King? Um. Well, of course, it's not my first time seeing uh, Eaten Alive, uh, and I've seen a lot of uh, Umberto Lenzi's yeah, stuff. Yeah, last week. He, yeah, and I also saw it like a couple months ago before that because I, I had this whole Italian thing I wanted to go back through, uh, especially with Lenzi because Lenzi, technically, he's the the first to make uh, a cannibal movie because uh, he did one uh, that was called Sacrifice or um, Man from the Deep <laughs> River. That was '72. Uh, so he technically kind of made the first one. And then people kind of followed suit uh, with Sergio Martino and Diodato Ruggiero uh, doing their own things, especially with, uh, with Cannibal Holocaust in 1980. This one I don't like very much only because it's not really a full movie. It's mostly Lindsay taking footage from his movie, taking from Sergio Martino, taking some from Diodato, and then just cutting them all into the movie to kind of make it look like it makes sense. You know, just uh, different things like that that he does. Where it's an incomplete movie, it's like, kind of like Jonestown meets a cannibal movie. Uh, you know, the, the animal sequences are just because they could do it. You know, nobody was really paying attention back then as much as they do now. And fuck it. You know, they, they killed animals and they had, no re- they had no real reason to apologize for it. They just did it because they can do it. And all those animal sacrifice sequences are from different movies. It's not even, it wasn't even from this movie all from Sacrifice uh, and Jungle Holocaust in 77, including uh, a death that happens later that we'll talk about. So, yeah, I mean, it's a hodgepodge movie. It's kind of stitch work. So it's not Lindsay's best work, but it's not bad. You know, I mean, you've got boobs, you got boobs. You know, if you want to see somebody get turned into a human grill, that's that's there. (laughs) You know, I mean, it's plenty (laughs) of things to talk about. But um, so with with this, we open up in New York City uh, where we see Niagara Falls. Everybody's having a good time until they're not. Because there's a guy out there with poison darts killing people. You know, he starts at Niagara Falls, nails a guy with a poison dart, and he's moving on. Because the guy goes, no, and then he falls to the ground. And then we see a very skinnier version of Hulk Hogan in a fur coat. Uh, he's got the perfect mustache and blonde hair, and he decides he's going to try to make a phone call. But first, he has to be killed by a poison dart. So he's taken out. So, all right, now we got two. And then all of a sudden, we see fake Rob Halford from Judas Priest in a suit running down the street for his life because he's being chased down by who else but that cute little native with his poison darts where he wants to kill big Rob Halford, which he does as the police arrive trying to shoot at the man with poison darts. But unfortunately, he's struck and killed by a truck. Now we're going to cue the typical 1980s Italian horror music, which is very funky, as we cut into oh, a yes. special dance by Mel Ferrer. They have to get funky. And, <laughs> and because yeah. pre-Giuliani New York, so now we got to sit there and do the slow oh, yeah. shots of all the porn shops and all the 
strip clubs, you know, and this and that, showing just how dirty New York is. Don't, don't, conk, don't, 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 I was so in love. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, I was so enamored by watching these scenes set to this funky disco soundtrack. It's not Goblin, you know, but it is just a funky disco soundtrack, as, as Fulci used in a lot of his movies, and Dario, not so much, but Fulci and Suave, they used a lot of funky disco uh, in their soundtracks. But, yes, we get introduced to Sheila Moore, who's walking into Morris, I'm sorry, Sheila Morris, who's walking to the police station, inquiring about her missing sister. She's from Alabama, and, of course, all the police are like, ah, oh, this dame from uh, Alabama's looking for her sister. Well, you know what? There's a dead guy. He killed a couple people, and we found a film uh, reel in there. So why don't you go ahead and take a look at it, because it's kind of fucked up. So oh, they think that dude. Anna. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, shit. The, the police also seem to think that uh, the, that somehow Diana joining a cult is possibly why she could be involved in these murders. Uh, so just check out the film. It's unique. So we see a man and a woman walking along a beach with a bunch of carvings and rocks and typical of the Far East. Sheila notices that the woman is her sister, Diana. And then we cut to a wild Mondo ceremony at night where Diana watches oh. as many people gather Men get hooks put into their backs, and they get turned into human swings. And we also Dude, see a man okay, with a okay. blue demon face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, okay. Go ahead. Yeah. Take it. Take oh, it. man. Because you, you know how I am about this shit, man. All right, because I'm sitting there watching <laughs> yeah. this shit, and you know how I am about metal through flesh. Yep. All right? And you, mm-hmm. and you know how I am about body suspension. So I'm sitting there going, all Ooh, right, yeah. all right. It's, uh, yeah, and I'm like, all right. It's, it's, it's just an effect. It's just an effect. And then I'm like, wait a minute. This movie doesn't have that kind of a budget. This is not an effect. Holy fuck. This is not an effect. Yeah. Holy shit. And then they start swinging while playing fucking instruments too. And I was just like, holy fuck. Like I actually <laughs> had to like get up and like, you know, take two shots of rum real quick. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Motherfuck. What, what the fuck am oh. I fucking watching? And oh. they're all happy and dancing around. You know, and it oh, is a thing with film. Uh, so while this, the, the film reel ends, we get introduced to Dr. Carter, who's played by Mel Ferrer, who we did see last week as Harvey. We met his end uh, at the end of the film. Welcome Friday. back. Uh, so, yeah, so Dr. Carter is trying to help Sheila out, trying to find out where her sister is and about how there is this purification sect uh, that's in New Guinea, uh, and that's probably where she is. So we need to find out more information. So, they cut to a prostitute named Alma who's just hanging out with her friends who are just kind of noodling on a little guitar, playing, you know, by the bridge. And they approach her about any information that she might know. And listen, I've been clean for months. I don't really know anything. And then Carter says, well, what about Jonas, the leader of this cult? Diana, she was sisters aligned with them. And she's like, oh, that guy is a fucking lunatic. He's scarved up my chest and his purification sex is just BS. And he wants to turn us all into followers and slaves. And then all of a sudden, her pinch rums up, and he goes, what you fucking talking about? And he punches her in the face. And yeah, what like, the get fuck? Out of here. Get I, out of here. I, I didn't get that bit <laughs> like, at all. Yeah. It's like, he'll just comes up just beating the shit out of her. It's like, man. She's not it's making like, him any money. No one's making any money when you're just thing. sitting at the Look fucking junkyard. I just love the fact that Dr. Carter is just like, okay, get back in the car and we're just going to drive away. No, no, like, are you okay? Fuck you Do you need any help? Do what the fuck was that? Nope. <laughs> just slowly back away and hearing her in the background going, no, no, stop. I'm like, oh, yeah, speed, speed away, speed away. Don't turn around. 
We didn't. If we didn't see it, we can't be witnesses. <laughs> because, because a good doctor knows better than to get involved in that kind of situation. Yeah, <laughs> he's a lover, not a fighter. So after this altercation, we have Shiwa arriving in New Guinea, where the people have intense arm wrestling matches that can only match Fly Stallone over the top. But this is so much better oh, because it's yeah. much better. And as Mark Butler, a Vietnam deserter and mercenary, uh, Roger Kerman, who was also in Cannibal Holocaust and a ton of fucking cannibal movies. If you've seen one from the 80s, I guarantee you he fucking shows up. He's a former porn star. Alberto Lenzi wasn't a big oh, fan of that. Because if he had yeah. known, he wouldn't have hired him. But Bullshit. it doesn't matter. Because, yeah. No, he, <laughs> he was. He was in a number of fucking pornos back in the 70s. And he's fucking horrible to look at. So I don't know how he got hired for so much porn. But he did before he went straight. But anyway, he's here as Mark Butler, uh, Vietnam deserter and mercenary guy for hire. She shows him pictures from the film. Butler knows that the place is Shakir, but you'd be nuts to go there. Tony Yellow Fever, fuck it, want no part of it. Until she's like, hey, I can pay you. But of course, what does he do? He does that cool fucking shit where he rips it up and he's like, huh, cash only, bitch. And she's like, ooh, I'm feeling some kind of thing. But that's not before <laughs> he pours himself a J&B whiskey, because this is Italian horror. And I, I guarantee love... you, if it's Italian horror, you're going to see J&B. So he has to pull that J&B a lot in this fucking movie. That's how they got money, because they put J&B in their movie, and J&B like, all right, all right, money for you, money for you. You know, so they <laughs> were just so excited to have J&B in the movie. So, but when she will arrive cool. by helicopter, hold on, hold on, and cool. hold, hold on yeah. cool. what were you going to say? Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just making a joke. It's all good. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so as we were. Uh, so, to the helicopter. Arrive, and Who they were here. Butler sees the mask from the pictures, and they are interrupted by a man named Reeves, who's demanding to know why they're there. They don't really have kind of an explanation to give other than they're looking for Diana, so he forces them into a building and shuts the door. Sheila tells Butler that Reeves is wearing Diana's watch, and she's like, this is all kind of fucked up, and he's like, yeah, this is kind of bad business. Uh, but you know what? I think you're going to have to add another 80K uh, just to make sure that we're clear, and that's how we're going to make this happen. But of course... In that moment, she knocks over a wicker basket, and there's a snake inside. Oh, my God, a snake. What no, it's a cobra. You never what you think was going to be in their candy, and they're just fucking terrified. Um, Ooh, and jujubes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Candy, I didn't eat the whole thing. Uh, so, once again, we see nightfall. There's another celebration. There's another ritual, and everybody's dancing around. The guy with the blue demon mask is dancing around. And we cut that with scenes from Sacrifice where a gator is killed for the villagers. Real gator, like we had said before. I mean, yeah. The real animal's getting killed. It's, I, uh, and it's I, I'm, I'm right there with the yep. ghoul. I, I'm, I'm right there yep. with the ghoul, though, is like every time we have a scene like this, like, you know, that was just adding to the comfortableness for me is, yep. you know, literally, literally just seeing this stuff where, especially where they're all alive while all this is going on. And, like, just holy fuck. They're just putting fucked up shit mm-hmm. in there, just putting fucked up shit like you were saying. It's, it's, yeah, it's all it is. It's, just, it's shock value, and, and it works on a certain level. Um, but the next morning, uh, Sheila and Butler are found by Reeves laying in the center of the room, and Reeves <gasps> thinks that the snake must have killed them both and bitten them both and kind of <laughs> snaked its way out. But it's a trick. <laughs> and all of a sudden, now Butler has the gun, and he's pointing it at Reeves. And you know, Reeves is like, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I don't know to tell you. He's like, just tell us what we need to know, and we'll get out of here. Okay, uh, well, Diana's still alive. She's with the cult. That's all I can really tell you. And he's like, all right, listen up, Reeves. 
I'm going to give you a dollar, and you're going to give me a boat, tribesmen, supplies, anything else I need, and we're going to go. An American oh. dollar? Fuck yes! <laughs> I won the lottery! <laughs> I no longer mm-hmm. work for you. <laughs> I'm going to go over oh, yeah, my no, own but hotel. <laughs> like your own trip. Just hands him a quarter and he punches out his box. <laughs> <laughs> It doesn't happen here. He takes the dollar, of course, and we see that she and Butler are on her way. They have two guides. They have the boat. They have all their supplies. And we also get another unnecessary scene of a snake devouring a monkey, which is from Temples of a Mountain God. Oh, man. That's not even from this movie. It's from a fucking different movie. And I was like, oh, oh, man, monkey must be, like, crying right now. Seeing one of his own being fucking devoured by a snake. Man, that 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 scene, man, it's just because it's like it's it's actually like whimpering and crying while it's going on, man. And the snake is just doing its fucking thing, you know. The you, that python is going down on it, and it's just, just oh eat. man, just I you know I, I get of, that, but all yeah. of them. Out of all of them, this was the one that least offended me. You know what I mean? Because this is just why? Because it's monkeys. <laughs> no, because it's a snake eating. You know what I mean? And guess what? In that jungle, a, a snake that size is going to eat a monkey. It's not a human oh, yeah. being yeah. specifically fucking mm-hmm. cutting open or right. chopping up a fucking creature for absolutely no fucking reason. Yeah, and I yeah, get no, you, man. It's it. just, again, they, uh, they're just putting those scenes in there just to sit there and let you know how uncomfortable and how wild and how fucking dangerous, you know, the situation that they're going into is going to be. You know, so building up the danger levels <laughs> until we keep going I down the river, love, and then some serious shit goes on. <laughs> I just love the fact that obviously now it makes more sense because, like you were saying, King, this shit is from a totally different movie. When they cut back yep. to Butler, I'm pretty sure his line is something along the line of like, "Yup, that monkey's just doing what he's got to do to survive." You know what? <laughs> By a fucking was. snake? I mean, it made no fucking sense when he said it. You know, I'm like, "What the fuck uh, did he just say?" So glad that you caught that. Dude, that is the exact line. Because <laughs> it's not in the fucking right movie. But uh, so we we get to the next day uh, as they continue on to the village. One of the guides is grabbed by a crocodile in the water and dragged in, his arm being yeah. bitten off. So, of course, Butler <laughs> grabs the, the pistol that he has, shoots the croc, shoots the guide as he sinks into the water. So, of course, Butler reaches for that J&B sponsor, and he just offers her some <laughs> of that whiskey, and she turns it down. Uh, later on, Butler is in the jungle with Sheila and notices that the guide, the other guide, stole all their supplies and ran off. And Sheila he suddenly notices... And he cut and ran left, but all of a sudden she was like, wait a second, there's no sound. There's no birds or bugs buzzing. So quickly, Butler grabs her hand and runs through the jungle until they come across the dismembered remains <laughs> of the other guy and a machete sticking <laughs> into a nearby tree. He didn't make it very far. <laughs> he made it a couple feet, so he didn't make it very far. So that's the, the end of that guide. Um, so as they discover this, we're going to cut to a native woman in the jungle with a friend or maybe a son or something fun. They're having a good day. You know, they've got some fruit. They have a basket. But unfortunately, the cannibals show up and decide that they are horny and need to get her undressed quick and just start going to pound mm-hmm. town because that's all they really care about. <laughs> so unfortunately, this woman is stripped and raped by a bunch of cannibals. Butler and Sheila hear the screams and begin running towards where it's coming from. But unfortunately, when they come across what's happened, she's been killed. Cannibals are eating her and just picking apart her flesh and just having a good old time. I mean, you know, 
after you do all that sex, you want some food. So, I mean, you know, two for oh, one. I, yeah, well, that's, okay. that's the thing. Like, yeah, I but normally you're supposed like to eat her out sh- before you have sex. Yeah, I don't even feel like they sex her. Like, you know what I mean? I know it kind of looks like it when he jumps on top of her and everything. But, like, I have a feeling that they kind of just straight up fucking killed her, you know, and just started eating. I think they yeah, were more hungry than horny. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it could be that. I mean, well, I mean, we'll see more of it later, rape, you know, so there's plenty more. I mean, if that didn't satisfy you, believe me, we got you covered, babies, in terms of all that. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, uh, Butler and Sheila are to get away undetected from the cannibals. And that <laughs> night, Butler is walking around the campsite. He's saying, you know what, I've seen some fucked up shit, but this is Stone Age bullshit. You know, this is some terrible <laughs> fucking shit. So Sheila asks Butler, when the cannibals attack, and they will, just kill me. And what does Butler do? He punches her in the face and then forces a kiss on her, saying, you know what, uh, this might be our last time, so let's fuck. I was like, you know what, Run it to the fucking Italian. That's how men do it back then. They just punch you in the face and they're like, you sure, no, no, that's the thing. Nowhere. He hits her. He hits her. Then he kisses her. And then she her. wants to fuck. Then she, and then she turns around and is like, it may be our last time. Like, I love the fact that it wasn't even like he continuously forced himself. No, at this point, because he smacked her around, now she wants it. Yeah, because that's the Italian way. He yep. smacks her really hard. Mudge, you mudge. The kiss and, yeah, then she gets horny. That means and that's just the way it is. <laughs> um, so at this point, because of the next day, they're still going through the jungle. Sheila is becoming dehydrated, so she finds a coconut. The jungle, snack baby. Open. Get some. <laughs> <laughs> you um, know where you are? <laughs> jungle, baby. You're going to die. Bam, 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 bam. Jungle. Yeah, no, maybe that's where they got the inspiration for this song. Who knows? But uh, So as she drinks from the, the coconut, they are attacked by cannibals and chased to the jungle. Um, and then we cut back to Butler running into a man. We're going to later find out. She did. And then she put uh, lime in it. So it made it even better. She put the live um, in it? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and she took it all up. <laughs> um, I can't to... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so we talked to a guy holding uh, Butler's Let me get it straight. Uh, we're going to find out that this guy is named Karen. He's a real fucking Karen in this movie, let me tell you. But no, his name is Karen. Uh, and he works for Jonas. Uh, you know, he's a big old strapping lad. Nick? Uh, and all of a sudden, two men appear and they attend to Sheila. And we find out one of the men's name is Dick. And, again, appropriate name because he's a real fucking dick at the end of this movie. Um, but he explains to her that he's one of Jonas's followers. And we're just going to give you a little bit of a shot. And we apologize. But if you don't believe in Jonas, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Already he's, like, on his bullshit of, like, if you don't believe in this shit, get out. But we'll take care of you for now. Let's see how you feel once we get back to the village. Um, and that's where we get to. We get to where the cult is, and we see that we are introduced by, uh, to the character of Jonas, the leader of this purification sect, played by uh, oh, Ivan Bazemon, who not if you've not ever Ezekiel. seen... <laughs> no, not Ezekiel. Not Ezekiel. It's, it's Jonas, uh, and it's played by Ivan Razumov, who was a big player for Sergio Martino back in the day. I mean, he's a handsome fucking guy. So he got a ton of work in the 70s playing these type of characters that were just lascivious and not good. And he never played a good character where it was just a good guy just trying to figure things out. He was always some guy that always had something else going on. Uh, and that's why I like seeing him here because he's great as Jonas because he's just as cracked as Jim Jones is, you know, explaining his rhetoric about the evils of the village and how the village is far from all that. They believe in the earth and the water and the sky. 
you know, and unfortunately you can't leave because if you do leave and go back to the jungle, you're definitely going to be killed. So, you know, why don't you just uh, stay around and see how we make our Cobra Venom darts. That's fun, arts and crafts. Uh, And also Diana's alive. So you'll see her in a few hours. But see, here's the thing, guys. Like, you came on, like, a really fucking weird day because there's, like, a funeral procession about to happen. Uh, I don't know how you're going to feel about this, but check it out. (laughs) Let's see what happens. So the funeral procession, the funeral procession. Oh, and there's going to be some drugs. There's a little bit of drugs going on, too. Uh, it's all fun. Let's, let's just all get together. Yeah, and just, you know, let's just hang out and have a good time. <laughs> just, 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 just a little bit. Uh, we're also going to play Takata and Defugue Minor, because apparently we're on a gothic uh, English movie at this point with the fucking <laughs> organ. Like, where the fuck is the organ player? And I was like, oh, no, it's a tape player. That's it. I was waiting for yep, the fucking player. guy native, sitting on an organ playing the fucking song. It's like, it's like an organ made out of like, bamboo and shit. <laughs> like a fucking Gilligan's <laughs> Island. Yeah, and coconuts. He had to play perfectly for some reason. <laughs> you know, but anyway, so Diana does appear, and she is a part of the ceremony. Butler notices that she looks stoned out of her mind. And then we have Dick talking about how there's going to be a vigil of the night. And then there's also going to be a ceremony to release the widow from her bonds of her cousin that has passed. So she uh, has three brother-in-laws, and they are all just going to go ahead and then just fuck her because that means that she's going to be clean to just go out with whoever she wants as soon as they have their way with her. And, my God, they are two-pump jump. They just take two pumps, and they're like, thank you very much, ma'am. And they Holy, get up and yeah. So. Wow. And, yeah, and they're <laughs> doing it all, all on the charred remains of the brother yep. that of they the cremated. That, that was the next level, man. That was like, damn, bro, on your bro's ashes and everything, man. That's fucking, that's kind of, yeah, that's fucked up. It's fucked up. And then, you know, she's just taking the entire time. And again, it's just like they – they pump her a couple times, and they're like, eh, yeah, it wasn't really good. And they just get up and walk away. <laughs> and, you know, the whole thing is just being watched by everybody. Uh, so after that's all done and we cut the nightfall, uh, Diana is with Jonas when they're talking to, to Sheila. And she's like, oh, like, this is great. Like, I, I'm so happy here. I don't know why you're here because I'm happy being here, and I don't want to leave. And everything is great. It's so great. But the second Jonas leaves, she's like, oh, dude, okay, it's not very chill here. It sucks. Like, first of all, he's, like, fucking, he's talking all the time. Like, he just never knows when to shut the fuck up for, like, two seconds. All about the fucking earth and the water and all this bullshit. You know, and then all of a sudden we find out that, you know what, he's actually a sadist, really power-hungry, just wants us to be slaves, and we can't even leave because, you know what, if we do, we're going to be eaten by cannibals. So life sucks here. Glad to see you, though. Thanks for stopping by. You know, so I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why you're here, but it's fun. Um, so after we see this really kind of cool mongoose versus snake fight, who's going to win snake versus mongoose? Uh, we never really quite find out because we have to go back to New York City. Monkey music kick in. Woo! New York Dr. City. Carter shows up to talk to Inspector Creel, and the inspector tells him that the murders from earlier are in fact tied to that native that got killed by that sh- a truck. Carter no also informs him that Sheila is missing, but that can't be true. Sheila can't be missing. I mean, you know, she, she's in New Guinea. It's fine. Well, yeah, according to the U.S. Embassy, she is missing. And then he reads a note that's from the U.S. Embassy saying that she had left New Guinea three weeks ago, destination unknown, most likely went south through the jungle. Peace out, XOXO, hashtag real life. So we find <laughs> out that you know, she's just unfortunately missing, and Carter's like, my God, 
there's cannibals. So what does Inspector Creel do? He immediately picks up the phone and he goes, hey, can you call New Guinea for me, please? And the guy goes, okay, call New Guinea. Like, can you, you need a number specific? What part of New Guinea do you want? <laughs> like, do, do you want, like, the jungle New Guinea, or do you want, like, the, the, the city New Guinea? Like, you're not being specific. It's just, get me New Guinea. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, well, that's where we go. So we don't know until later you know, what's going to happen with the, the police and everything like that, but we will. Uh, so life continues on at the village as the bell begins to toll, and Jonas starts telling the people that at this moment, they need to be at their most united. They need to work together to expel the spirits of the evil from the village. And they're all handed cups of liquid. But Butler is real quick to tell Sheila, don't drink that poison. Ah! And slaps it out of her hand. Oh, so thank you. Smack. Oh, credit cow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hi-ya. You know, and, of course, Butler is beaten up by Karen and the men. And he's dragged and strapped to a bunch of logs as the cups are once again handed out to the villagers to drink. And Jonas tells him that the cups are being filled with life. But on another day, it will be filled by death. And he grabs a poisoned arrow and tells him that if he were to die, he would do it. And you would expect them all to follow suit. So, again, we do get the Jim Jones bullshit where it's just yep. like, hey, listen, one day some shit's going to happen and you're going to have to die with me. You have to be a, a united front. So, of course, some of them are like, eh, I don't know, but yet they all drink the cups because Jim Jones actually did that where he had a fake uh, mass suicide plan where he filled all the cups with just regular grape flavor aid. They all drank it, and they're like, well, what's the test? And he's like, because you never know when you're going to have to die for me. I just want you to be prepared. I want to know that you're going to do it for me. And they're like, oh, okay, uh, fine. Not knowing that they would actually one day actually have to do it. So it's, it's unfortunate. And Jim Jones is a scumbag. But um, a cannibal gets dragged into the village, and he's beheaded in front of all the villagers uh, just to show that they got the power. <clears throat> you know, they, they can take out a cannibal if they want to, but a group of them probably not so good. So we cut to where she is. She's in a room, and she's given a liquid to drink as Jonas enters. She was disrobed and violated with a dildo covered in snake's blood. Things come one way. It's all textured. It's even got a set of balls on it. Like, you know, it's like, wow. You know, <laughs> you know the woodworking shop went all into this one on for arts and crafts. <laughs> Yeah, I would have loved to have seen that day. What do you want me to make, Jonas? Uh, you know, like, it's just, it's kind of me rounded at the top, and it's going to have a shaft, and, you know, maybe, like, two rounded parts at the bottom. You know, maybe maybe make some designs on it if you want. I mean, get creative. Jonas, are you telling me to make a dildo? Well, we don't have to call it that. I mean, call it, uh, you know, the, the purification stick. <laughs> I mean, you know, I didn't tell you what to do with it. <laughs> Okay. It's a your creation. I, I, I want you to sit there and envision what you can make. I'm not telling you what to make because this is art. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Butler, uh, that night after she was violated, he is freed by Diana who says, you know, I trust you. You know, I think you're going to be able to come up with a plan. You're not like the others. We're, we're just going to get out of there. So, of course, immediately Butler runs off into the jungle with only a knife for protection. He kills the cannibal before going further into the jungle where he sees – a cannibal being dragged through a bunch of caves, and we get introduced to the cannibal chief, and we get to see a castration take place as oh, the cannibals yeah. descend upon him. So, <laughs> yeah, they just they cut that dick right off, and then they kill him. So, again, Butler has the cannibals running after him, so we cut to, like, a very Indiana Jones Raiders-type style chase. 
through the jungle <laughs> until he manages to get up into a tree and then just hide there for an extended period of time because there's a snake. I'm not really having time to worry about snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? I know. I know, Butler. But it's the jungle. What do you expect? They're everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, Sheila feels like she's been taken over by Jonas. And Diana tells her, you have, because I went through the same thing. But Butler's going to help us. Don't worry about it. But then just as she says that, Butler is immediately dragged back into the village and says, oh, you know what, Jonas? I'm with you, brother. Come on. Bring it in for the real thing. Give me a hug. I love you. I believe in everything (laughs) that you're saying. It's going to be fine. This is totally not a ruse. This is totally not me fooling you. No, nope, no, I believe in you. I'll drink whatever you want me to drink. Do you want me to give you a hand job? Do you want me to use that dildo on myself? I'll do whatever you want, Jonas. I swear, I love you. He's like, <laughs> okay, I believe him. So later, of course, yes, it's a ruse. So we also get introduced to the widow, whose name is Mawara, and she's really fucking happy to help because she wasn't really fucking cool with having to have sex on top of her dead husband's ashes, as one would not be. <laughs> I mean, I would think that one would not be happy to do that, you know. But so, of course, we have a good old round of the Battle Hymn of the Republic by everybody as Butler is handed <laughs> a cup and drinks it. Glory, glory. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> this <fucking song."> but, <laughs> but as this allegiance happens to Jonas by Butler, we also see Sheila is painted gold from the neck down and nearly whipped by Jonas until Diana shows up. You're not going to get my sister. Yeah, you're not as strong as Jonas Anna, because she immediately gets knocked to the ground and is whipped over and over and over again by Jonas, you know, because that's just what you have to do. Um, but as this happens, of course, we have a distraction because there's an old man in the village who is a bit of a drunk, and he's been hiding it. And one thing what? in the village, you can't drink because booze makes you a pig, and you're a pig. Oh, so of course, no, no drinking? Porter, the old hey, man, oh, it's a dry yeah. town? <laughs> it's a fucking, like, I would never last. I would never last. I would fucking go in the jungle and have the cannibals eat me. As soon as I'm like, well, where's the booze? We don't have booze. All right, see, I'm going to go die. I don't care. I'm, I'm a big guy. They're going to have a great time. <laughs> but, um, the old man uh, is expelled from the village. He's told that you're only going to get some provisions, a gun, and a copy of the good book, and you're going to leave. Um, and then we get to cut to a reptile being cut open for no other reason than we just have to see another reptile be cut open uh, because it doesn't ah, offer dude. anything other than that. And we also see Moara running towards the boat, putting provisions in it, and then making her way out onto the river. Uh, so Butler tells Sheila, listen, you've got to hang in there. You've got to hang in there until the next night, you know, because during the purification ceremony, they're going to make a run for it. So the next day, the ceremonies begin, and Jonah questions Moara about her, what she was doing. You know, what were you doing on the riverbed the other day? She's like, oh, totally nothing. It has nothing to do with you, Jonas. I was just going for a boat ride. He's like, you know what? I believe you. Yeah. That's the thing about Jonas. He's constantly questioning the allegiances of everybody, but he's just like, you know what? I believe you. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to question you anymore. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's fine. Like, you told me where yeah. you were. I totally believe you. I'm not going to give you a second guess. Um, and we find that with Karen because Karen accuses Butler of drinking whiskey. You know, he had found this whiskey, and Butler J&B. quickly turns it around on Karen. And Karen knocks down Butler. And Jonas believes that when Butler turned around and knocked down Karen, that was Butler's good faith. No harm done. I believe you, Butler. Go back to being a servant of me. Like, what, wait a second. Like, you know, take a second to kind of see it from both sides. But no, it's fine. <laughs> Jonas is so quick to believe whoever he wants to. Never talks about anything like debating it. But we see a sermon by Jonas later on that day. He confronts Diana, yanks down her top, sealing up on her boobies. 
You know, and he's like, can you just fucking stop, dude? Like, I have nothing left to give you. Leave me alone. He's like, you don't like it when I do this? You don't like it when I do the little nipple flip? Uh, no, I don't. All right, fine. Fuck it. All right, well, whatever. I believe that you're not going to leave later on, so we're fine, right? Yeah, cool. All right. So, you know. So later, Dan and Butler find Sheila drugged out of her mind, and Butler tells her that they have a boat, but they need to go. And she's like, no. I love Jonas. I love him. So Butler just does the old one-two and punches her in the face again. I mean, man, his man, hand must just start to straight hurt up while. smack, you know, just wow. <laughs> yeah, because this time it, 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 it isn't even a smack. It's a straight-up punch. <laughs> yep. And you just hear that sack of a punch as they knock her out and gag her and drag her through the jungle. You know, so they're running through the jungle. And then Dan, uh, at a certain point, thinks that the drugs have worn off and that maybe she was cool. And she's going to play part of this plan. They're going to get away. So immediately taking the gag off, she was like, no! And fucking runs off. Like, well, I guess, uh, I guess the drug didn't wear off. Whoops. Like, you know, <laughs> she goes running off. Fucking and cra- Butler's like, oh, fucking crackhead running through the jungle. <laughs> Butler's like, oh, shit. All right. So anyway, Moara, Diana, go find a place to hide. I'm going to go bring her back. So, of course, Moara and Diana do just that, but unfortunately they're surrounded by Karen and a group of the natives, unfortunately. Diana is stripped and then immediately raped from behind by Karen as a group of cannibals stand by and watch, waiting for their turn. Number 31, no, fuck, I'm number 35. So you've got to wait a little while, <laughs> you know, until it's his turn to fuck, you know, so it's fine. Um, but it's just, it's, it's brutal, you know, and they don't cut back, obviously, and, and you feel terrible for her, but something a lot worse is about to happen to her later on. So, you know, the the rape is terrible, but what happens later, you know, is a little bit worse. But uh, so Mark finds uh, Sheila finally, and she's fallen into a pit. And with some reluctance, he finally manages to convince her that she needs to come out of that hole. And she just can't remember anything. It doesn't really matter because they need to go. Because Diana is screaming her fucking head off. Because, of course, she's not having a great time. She's really not having a good time. So Butler and Sheila run in the direction of Diana's screams, and Butler is the first to discover that Karen has been mutilated and beheaded by the cannibals. And is so, what does he do? So, so, what does he do? Yeah. He immediately punches no. her. <laughs> no yep. pause, no nothing, and just goes whack oh, and punches fucking oh, yeah. drops her again. <laughs> that was the, I fucking laughed. I fucking belly laughed. Because he's watching this stuff start to happen with Diana, and then she comes sliding in real quick to go check out what's going on. He says nothing and just clocks her. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wants ah, to spare I, her the pain of watching her sister get eaten. Oh, I, of course. Of course. But it just it happened so fast. It was just so funny to me. The fact is all reliable. Oh, I think he just like, you know, punched the shit out. out of this chick, man. It was horrible. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> Diana has her breast cut off and is being eaten uh, by one of the cannibals yeah, as Moana. Man. Has cut from her. Yeah, Diana the, the has effects her on this part is pretty being, fucked up. Yeah. So she's <laughs> also had her leg cut off and is being eaten. Uh, Butler continues to watch this, and again, she was knocked out. She can't see any of this. Moana is eventually stabbed repeatedly by spears until her head is cut off and thrown into a fire. Once she got Diana's head cut off, too. Yeah. And she also had her head cops thrown into the fire. So once Diana is dead and she's no longer around, her body is cut open, her organs are removed, her chest is stretched open, and sticks are shoved into the middle of the crevice 
to make a makeshift grill. Obviously, because they have food, they want to make it cooked. They don't want to eat it raw. So they're just going to use it as their own little personal grill. Makeshift hibachi, baby. (laughs) (laughs) You know, yeah, they are having hibachi tonight. So anyway... So after this, after this disgusting act happens by, by the cannibals and we see the Moir and uh, Diana are dead, Sheila tells Butler that she saw Diana before she passed out. And once again, they're attacked. Butler stabs a cannibal to death while Sheila begs for him to stop. Again, Sheila, what the fuck are you doing? If anything, I'll be like, do it better. Very do it harder. Cut off his fucking dick and make him eat it. Like, you know, I would, yeah. just, I would be screaming at Butler to do better. I wouldn't be screaming at him to stop. Please, please. Yeah, you know, be, be fucking, fucking grabbing a weapon too. You know, don't be just dropping weapons <laughs> yeah. as you're go, going along. It's like because that was the other thing with Butler. He's like, you know, kill somebody. It's like, okay, kill him now. Take their weapon, and now you have more than one weapon. Keep going. <laughs> don't just settle for <laughs> just a fucking knife. <laughs> right, and you know, and he does stop. You know, when she tells him to stop, and of course. We have this moment between Sheila and Butler where she has a knife and suggests that they kill themselves, you know, because there's just no way out. So, yeah, maybe that's a cool idea. Maybe we should do it. So right as they're about to, the cavalry shows up, all the helicopters, you know, just descending upon the <laughs> Sent by, you know, the police to, to rescue Butler and Sheila. Um, and we see the cannibals rushing out with their spears. And, oh, no, Sky Daddy's angry. He sent birds. So they start throwing spears at it, you know, trying to take it down. But, of course, you're not going to stop it with your little spears. But, of course, you have the two pilots talking back to each other, like, how the fuck are we going to save them? <laughs> like, this isn't cool. Like, you know, there's, there's so many of them. You know, we're not going to be able to yeah, take them all is, out this, and this save them. Yeah, this is pretty them. fucked up. How the fuck are we going to get these people out of there? You know, of course, Shua is the first one into the helicopter. Meanwhile, Butler has to fight for his fucking life against <laughs> all these cannibals. So they're coming out of nowhere, grabbing at him. And she was like, why don't you just get in the helicopter, you dumbass? And he's like, I'm waiting. I have to fight off these fucking cannibals that you had no reason to fight off. So, of course, he manages to do the action sequence where he jumped onto, you know, the, the helicopter the cool way, you know, so he can get in there um, and, and get rescued. So as this happens, Jonas is back in the village, sees the helicopters coming, and immediately orders the poison to be served out for a mass suicide in the vein of Jonestown. And there's people that don't want to do it. There's people that do. Like we see Dick, he's willing to put one of the poison darts into his chest for Jonas, who Jonas immediately just steps over because he doesn't give a fuck anymore. Um, this, is for you, Jonas. Women with, this is for you, Jonas. You have women with, <laughs> but you have women with children that don't want this to happen. Like, you know, they're like, this doesn't need to happen. I don't want to give my kid that poison. Jonas is like, go fuck yourself. Drink the poison. Otherwise, yeah, nice, it's going to be cool drink. So he, you know, and then you get to see these kids falling down and drinking the poison, men, women, all sorts. Uh, and we see a helicopter touchdown with two pilots jumping out, but it's too late. Everybody's dead. You know, there's just mass suicide, murder. Everybody's gone. Is Jonas gone as well? We don't find out because um, we have to wait for the report. Because we have to cut back to funky New York City. Oh, And... Oh, we're watching Seinfeld or we're we watching Eating Alive? Ba-dump, ba-dump, ba-dump. <laughs> there were cannibals, Terry. <laughs> a lot of them. <laughs> but, yeah, we get to the report, and, you know, they said they're bringing everything it, down. And, yeah, Jonas has disappeared. He's uh, once again taken off with everybody's money, and, you know, he can't be found. And they have to sit there and now try and live their lives. 
But there's a catch. So, <laughs> there is. And, you know, Carter returns to check on Sheila and then finds out that the preliminary hearings are going to begin about the cult. It's going to be following up the next day. And she's expected to testify as a witness and say that Diana had committed suicide as part of the cult. But she's not going to do that because she needs to tell the people the truth. The people need to know. The world needs to know about the Stone Age and that it still exists. And what happens, of course, Butler is in the other room trying to cash his $80,000 check, but unfortunately that check has bounced because Diana has taken all the money that she had with Sheila and put it all into the cult. So, of course, you know, she laughs it off and she's like, oh, who's going to pay for the expenses now? And Butler tears up the check and tosses it out the window as the funk music continues and we go over to the credits that scroll over the city. Um, And, yes, if you had seen Green Inferno, which you did cover on the show, it's basically the exact same ending. So Eli Roth kind of cribbed the ending of uh, Green Inferno with this movie because we have Sheila saying, well, I want to tell the world everything, but then she doesn't. She was a character in Green Inferno. It's like, I want to tell everybody everything, and of course she gets shut down and then just has vicious nightmares about cannibals. But this one ends with a check being thrown out the window and, ha-ha, you know, kind of like 70s sitcom, you know, style. Almost get a freeze frame on her smiling faces or just, you know, him hitting it <laughs> once again for some reason. I guess you're not going to get that 80000 Boom, right in the face. Then we cut the credits. Well, <laughs> you got one last one in. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, overall, that was uh, Eaten Alive, the one that the monkey watched last week, and, of course, instead of the 76 one. And, yes, it's not for everybody. I don't recommend Italian cannibal movies a lot of the times to people who are looking for something new to watch in horror because a lot of the times, like we had discussed, it's a lot of animal deaths that don't necessarily have to have happened. They just did it for shock value, and there's a lot of rape and nudity, and I've just never been a fan of cannibal movies. Like, I, I get their the appeal, and I've seen plenty of them. The Italians are definitely the best at it, but, you know, I'd rather skip it and watch something else if I have a choice. But, you know, especially with Eden Live being just such a chopped-up version of a bunch of different ones that came out uh, over the 70s and 80s. But with that being said, Ghoul, we are turning to you for our film pick of the week next week. What are we watching? Eden Live Part 2? Watch your boogaloo? Oh, yeah. Eating alive, exclamation point, exclamation point. (laughs) Eating something. Uh, Yes, you know what? I actually do have a movie picked. I do apologize because for the moment, the fucking, uh, the title of it, just just chat for a second because I'll give you a a name in a minute. It just escaped me. (laughs) Next on I never know how long. Okay. Uh, We're gonna about, uh, I'm going to give you a topic. Probably the move by me and not being ready. Man, you know what? I, I, I kind of like dazed out for a little bit there. It's, did uh, did it's you do this on your last day? You... Uh, there we go. I, I, see, look at that. Already, already done. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna give us a movie from 2017. Uh, it has none other than Huey from The Boys in it. Uh, we are going mm-hmm. to go into the world of the fucking high school media nightmare of Tragedy Ooh. Girls. Oh, good one. Yep. yep. What are we watching? That's, that. That's tragedy, tragedy girls. about girls. It, um, un- it is. Friends. It's a tragedy uh, about yeah. girls. You, you can find it on Shutter. <laughs> yeah, Tragedy Girls is tragedy. a good one. Uh, yeah, that's uh, Tyler McIntyre. Uh, yeah, I remember I fucking well, – I mean, we'll talk about it next week on the show. I just remember being so upset because I'm, I had an idea that was so similar to this 
in 2016 and I never did anything about it. And then I saw the movie and I'm like, ah, this is what happens, Andy, when you don't fucking follow your dreams. I could have been the guy that made Tragedy Girls, but yeah, instead, I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm fine. So we will talk about that next week on the show. I'll bring up that story. Uh, but so thank you much, so much for the pick. Thank you so much, Dean, for joining us on the show tonight. We'll see you back here next week for Tragedy Girls. Yes, Tragedy Girls. It's a tragedy. 2017. Darn Huey from the boys. All right. So, Monkey, why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? Thank you again for letting us come in your ears. Good night, everybody. <laughs> All right. Go. Cool. Why don't you go ahead and sign yourself off? The monkey may have come in your ear, but I, I have not. Uh, have, have a good night, everybody, and stay scared. <laughs> not yet, anyway. Never say never. Bucket list, baby. You will one day. I believe in you. <laughs> anyway. That's why you always have faces a Faces and mouths, man. F- faces and mouths. Yeah. Maybe in the eye every now and then. Ask the mouth. Ask the mouth. You always go ask the mouth. <laughs> you never go ask the mouth. Only on special occasions. For certain people. But anyway, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show. Hail Satan. Hail yourselves. Hail Odorous. Hail Guar. And we'll see you back here next week for Tragedy Girls. Keep America strong. Watch horror movies, babies. Kiss you on the bells.